reading from the first chapter of the first letter to Timothy, beginning with verse 12. Paul writes, I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because He judged me faithful and appointed me to His service even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy and full, and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in Him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, Immortal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Word of God for us, for the, the people of God. Thanks be to God. To Luke, beginning with the first verse. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten coins... If she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now here's the good news. I have a manuscript today, which means I'll probably be shorter. (laughs) The bad news is I have a manuscript and I'll probably be a little bit bored and feel like I've lost my place because that's what happens to ADHD people like me when they have something to read to people. But I'm going to do my very best, but i got to ask you one little question, church. Are you glad that Jesus welcomes sinners? Yes. 
My Lord, that's the best news ever spoken. I cannot get over that verse of the Bible. Now I'm wanting to leave that manuscript behind, but I need that thing because you know what I mean. It was that kind of week. Oh, isn't Jesus good? He came and found you, man. We know how you are. (laughs) Think about yourself and all of those moments when you felt lost and in despair and just dropped out of life and how God sent someone into your life to tell you it would be okay. Did it not? Listen, I've only been here a little while, but I have heard of how people who have gone to the hospital have been met by one of us who was on duty that night, Dr. Miller. God is good. Yeah, man, I don't want to read this, but I need it today. So we're going to see what happens. On March 29th, I read those words to you before, but we were using a different parable. And uh, even then, it's still just amazing to me that God brought the good news out of the mouths of a bunch of grumblers. I mean, honestly, don't you hate to be in a room with somebody who grumbles all the time? To be in the midst of something good happening and somebody having to find the fault in it. It'd be like Appalachian State fans complaining that they only won by a point or something, you know? (laughs) How in the world does that happen in the world? But it happens all the time. And people try to steal our joy. You know, I don't want to use it. It's okay if I don't use it. We'll see what I I just don't want to. You know how that is? So listen, why is that? Why do people not want to be happy? What in the world is with that? I don't get it, but I know why it is. I'm just wondering if you know. I know why it is because I know what makes me unhappy. It's sin. When I lose sight of Christ, when I lose sight of God, when I lose sight of who it is that God wants me to be, and I fall into sin, I find myself unhappy and grumbling. Anybody else have that illness? Anybody willing to admit you got that problem? You find yourself doing something, thinking something, wanting something that you know God don't want you to think, do, or want, but you're thinking it anyway, because just like Paul said, I know what I ought to do, but that thing which I know I shouldn't do, I do. Oh, but listen, did you hear what he said in Timothy? He said, Jesus Christ came to save the lost. He says, He came and He found me. Me, the chief of sinners. The one who was a, a person who was a blasphemer and a man of violence, that Jesus came and found Paul. I think Jesus came and found me. Do you think Jesus came and found you, church? Do you think you showed up here one day out of the goodness of your own heart so God could be blessed with your presence? No. Man, I love that verse. That is the gospel in a nutshell to me. I know people say, if you want to hear the gospel in a nutshell, go to John 3, 16. And that's, a good, that's good advice. But if you really want to know the wealth of it and why it ticked so many people off, there it is. Jesus came and was welcoming people that other people didn't want anything to do with. The professionally religious people said, no, not them. They're tax collectors. They're oppressors of the... They work for the Roman government. They're the worst of the worst of the worst. But then later on in Luke 19, Jesus is going to go have lunch with one of them. Remember his name? We think he might have been short, but it could be that Jesus was short. It's not clear in the Greek. What was his name? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus went up a tree to see Jesus. Some people won't bother to get up on Sunday morning. Did you know that? 
But Zacchaeus supposedly climbed a tree so he could see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came looking for him. What happened at the base of the tree? Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, you've got to come down because I'm supposed to be at your house today. And all the religious people, these same people, freaked out about it. Why is he in that man's house? Why is he in that man's house? Because he welcomes sinners and eats with them. Which is the only reason that any of us have any hope at all. Man, it's just beautiful, isn't it? Robert Farrar Capon, a, a, an Anglican priest who's writing that I love, he's a little heretical a couple of times, but you know, everybody thinks their theology is perfect, not the other guys, so I give him some slack. But he says amazing things about these parables and says that they're really all just about what a blessing lostness is because if we're lost, we can't be what? If we're not lost, we can't be found. Isn't that cool? All of those things that we hold in ourselves and we cry about and we, and, we, and we get broken up about and we wish we could fix on our own, maybe if we would look at them and say, there's somebody coming for me, I can sit right here and wait. Things might turn out different next time. When I was a child, my brother and I would go to the grocery store with my mama. And like every other little boy in the world, we didn't want to stay with our mama. We wanted to wander the grocery store. Right? Any of you guys that we y'all? No? They ain't, they ain't not joining me in that. Not us preaching. We were good children, but I was a bad kid in that way, I guess. My brother and I would inevitably get lost in the grocery store. And we would stand really still. And my brother, he, one time he started... He's going to get upset. And I said, Brian, be quiet. Just listen. Because we knew sooner or later we would hear my mother run into somebody she knew. And my mama had the most distinguishable laugh in the history of humankind. And if we sat there quiet long enough, we would hear her joy as she talked to somebody in that grocery store. In our lostness, we knew that we can count on our mom to make her presence known. I think that's the substance of what's happening in these stories here. We are reminded that Jesus eats and welcomes, eats with and welcomes sinners. And we're reminded of just how much the posteriors of the Pharisees were chafed over that. They were not happy. And so Jesus tells them a parable to make them just a little bit more angry. And what does He tell them? He tells them a parable about God who comes to find lost people. About God who comes to find lost people. You see, all of their efforts and all of the things that they were doing by heaping 200 more rules on top of the rules that were already in the Bible, all that they were accomplishing was that nothing. Everything that they had wanted, all of the things that they were doing, they were trying to achieve proximity to God with all of their efforts, with all of their rule keeping, with all of their giving, with everything they did, they were trying their best to get closer to God. And what angered them is that they saw somebody basically saying that all you had to do to get close to God is know that God welcomes you. 
Jesus was freely handing out what they were trying so hard to create by their own merit. Jesus was freely giving out a relationship with Himself and a relationship with God that they were trying so hard to create for themselves when really all they needed to do was sit like a couple kids lost in a grocery store and listen to the joy around them and understand that God was there and that something vibrant and beautiful and it was happening. That's what they needed to do, not grumble. They needed to listen to the joy of the people that Jesus was welcoming and understand that God was doing a dynamic and wonderful thing there. Because God finds the lost. Later in this same book, Jesus will say of Himself, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. To remind us what he is doing. So these parables that he told. You know what a lost sheep is? Dead sheep. Can't survive out on their own. Everything wants to eat a sheep. They're like a little fawn deer. They will not survive on their own. Everything wants to eat a sheep. And so something will eventually get it. A lost sheep is a dead sheep. A lost coin, is it worth anything to you? No. A lost coin is a worthless coin. So what we learn here is that Jesus is coming and finding the dead and putting them on His shoulders and carrying them back to the place of life. That Jesus is coming to find all of those who believe that they're worthless and bringing them back to the place where they have worth, which is the fold of God. He comes to find us in our lostness, not in our goodness, not in all the ways we get it right, but in the ways we get it wrong. And He meets us there to bring us out of it, to throw us on His shoulders and bring us home. He welcomes sinners, puts them on His shoulders, and carries them back to the fold of God. And all I know to say about that is, thank you, Lord. That was me. You picked up some years ago and threw on your shoulders and carried into the church and put me in the middle of all the other sheep that you've carried home. That was you too, dear ones. You are a sheep that Christ has found placed upon His own shoulders and carried you home because He welcomes the lost. That's what I have to say to you today. And I say it to the glory of God Almighty. Amen.